And um, the Lord really just spoke to my heart and some leadership that, you know, you have to make a difference in a community. If a church is not making a difference in a community, then what is it there for? Amen? A church is there to make a difference in the community. Uh, when we talk about the love of Jesus, we have to share the love of Jesus in a tangible way. When we talk about the goodness of God, we have to show people the goodness of God. How many of you have been a recipient of the goodness of God in your life? Let me see your hand. That's right. We all have been a recipient of the goodness of God in our life. And the Bible says we freely receive so that we can freely give. We're blessed to be a blessing. Everybody say that. We're blessed to be a blessing. And so several years ago, we began to partner with uh, some people in our church who have gifts and talents. And I got to tell you, our church is chock full of people that have certain gifts and talents. And everyone has a passion. And so several years ago, Gladys Gonzalez and myself, we began to dream about having a place where people can come and learn English as a second language. And she has been doing an, an incredible job uh, at really serving the community. We could never do it without Gladys. And we're thankful for her, for her leaders. She's going to recognize her leaders in a few moments. But we want to take a moment right now to recognize Gladys Gonzalez. We want to thank her for her hours of service. She does this from the abundance of our heart. Freely she gives to all of the students that come. And she works tirelessly in making it happen. Um, she's probably very embarrassed right now, and I'm embarrassing her as I go along every second. But I have to tell you that Gladys comes into my office about three times a year, and we talk about the program, we plan for the program, and she's constantly saying, this is all for the glory of God. Uh, she doesn't want any attention. She doesn't like to bring attention to herself because she wants to store her treasures in heaven. But I think that honor is due today to those that do a great job. She is a champion. She does everything with excellence. And I think today we ought to stand up and let her know how much we appreciate her for all the great work that she does in our church. Amen. Amen. You're wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And we just want to give her some flowers because I think every woman wants flowers, right? So we want to give you some flowers and say thank you very much for what you do. Amen. You may be seated and um, you could take her flowers back now because she's going to need the microphone. Amen. And um, so she's going to come now and she's going to share what the Lord has been doing with our ministry. And so let's give her our attention today. Thank you so much. Good morning, church. I'm Gladys. I serve this ministry as the ASL program director. God is awesome. All the glory for him. And without him, we could not do it together as a church. We are serving community. As written God's words, Proverbs 27, 17, as Aaron sharpens Aaron, so one man sharpens another. That is the reason we at the Bethlehem Assembly of God opened the ESL Hope Institute six years ago. Our mission is to help the immigrants' population to function 
in our society by connecting these students to God, to Christians that follow Jesus' principles, the church and the Bible. Guiding these students into knowledge of faith in God and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Helping these students function successfully in an English-speaking country, including participation in a church of his or her choice. For four years, we have been teaching one time a week for two hours per session. But since the last two years, we changed it to two times a week and two hours per each session. Thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides people to serve voluntarily as teachers and greeters with open hearts. So, volunteers are vital to this ministry. Do, you do not have to speak another language than English, because we teach English. So, come and enjoy the ESL ministry team, so we can keep serving more people and do what God wants us to do, serve others. This 2012-2013 school year, we had seven volunteer teachers and over 100 ESL students in wow. our school. Wow. God is good. Today, we are celebrating with the students that did not care about the difficulties that life brings on and participate in the ESL classes all year round. I just want to make sure that students understand that they did not finish the program. They have other levels to take, as our program has six levels. Intro, low beginners, high beginners, low intermediate, high intermediate, and advanced. This is just your next step to come back in September. So keep learning, because you never know what life has in store for you. Next. Think and act as you can do it. What we achieve inwardly will change outer reality. Do not forget what is written in the Bible, God's words. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. With God, all things are possible. Have a wonderful and blessed summer break. We will see you again in September. God bless you. Okay, um, as I said before, it doubts volunteers, it doubts you as a supporting, we could not make it. So now I will call the volunteers that helped uh, the school year. Celia Ayer. Elizabeth Grove. Charmaine Brown. Lloyd Broman.
<laughs> Natania Reed. Vivienne Anderson. And Marcia Williams. Now we are going to call the ESL students that did not give up because in life things happen, jobs come up, they cannot make it maybe, you know, but they made it. So here it is, Niva Charles, Ernestina Molina, Osvaldo Molina, That, that is Ernestina. <laughs> Gualberto Pena. Rosa Mendes. Romualdo Terri. Christina Bribon, see, pregnant, she made it. <laughs> Nothing is imposed to God. <laughs> Rosa Rogers, yes. Andrea Fresca. Miriam Reyes. Thank you. Juan Ramirez Pineda. Jose Miguel Pena. <laughs> Let's do that again. He liked yes. that. Jose <laughs> Pena. God bless you. Santos Castillos, <laughs> Claribel Rodriguez, Heidi Elizabeth Ruent Savala, Clemencia, Zoya Ramos, Jennifer Juarez, Niji Perville. Rosario Rivera, Santos Ramirez, Rosa Velandia, Edger Ortiz, Binger Ka. Oh, sorry. Ana Maldonado, 
Maritza Bermudez. Teresa Caceres. Ana Campos. Jose Carranza. Ana Luisa Reed. Aquilina Vasquez. Renato Aldana. Kendall Nitschke. Jenny Conchambay. Nurcia Saldana. Carolyn Pico. Felicite Coco. Okay, now I would like to ask Mr. Lloyd. He, Mr. Lloyd, he's been with us since in the beginning, since six years ago. And he's been volunteering, so I told him to speak up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, <clears throat> and thank God the volunteering experience is, is actually awesome. Um, you come week after week to meet people who appreciate what you're doing, who are willing to work, and who want to learn. Some of us volunteers come from the public schools. And when we talk to each other, we're always amazed at the difference between what's happening in school during the day and what's happening in school during the night. When somebody comes to school and, and you ask him how's his day, and he says, teacher, I, I, I am very, very tired. I've been on the roof all day doing my construction work, and I'm very, very tired you feel humble that in spite of the fact that he was very tired, he still thought coming to the class was important. When you listen to a conversation and you hear about somebody who has spent about eight hours or so at the hospital that day and they're still in class, it humbles you. I want to thank God for the opportunity on behalf of all of the volunteers to serve him in this way. Jesus said, if you do this to the least of my children, you have done it unto me. I would like to join Gladys as well in, in, in asking for people who can do it. Think about others, not about necessarily your own convenience. And if God would lay it on your heart, we at the ESL uh, ministry would welcome you. Thank God and thank you and God bless America. Thank you. Uh, 
now Elizabeth Rove, the teacher, the newest volunteer we have. How would you like her to share some? Good morning, everyone. How are you all doing today? This is my first time actually um, volunteering as an ESL teacher. This is also my first time I am pursuing my master's in TESOL, so this is where I needed to be, and I can only attribute it to God. You know, has, he has ordered my steps, and only he knew exactly this moment and how it would feel to be on stage with my students, our ELL, our English language learners, the volunteers, pastor, and everyone here. Only he, you know, really knew how that would be. I just want to say thank you to everyone for the opportunity and for my class of students. You guys made it so easy to be here every Monday uh, for two hours. I feel like they've gone by so quickly. Um, you guys are always so eager to learn, and I'm just amazed at your progress that you guys have made. And I can't wait to come back in September and see all of you guys back here and just to continue to see the progress that you guys will make and just, you know, everyone continue on. Thank you so much for the experience, guys. Amen. Uh, now we are having a student, uh, Jose Carranza, please. Good morning, uh, everyone. Today I'm here to say thank you for all. How are you doing, yes, 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 students? We come to class to learn to read, to writing, and speak English better. This church is doing a good, very good things for the community. I want to say thank you to my teachers. Mr. Gladys, Ms. William, Mr. Lloyd Broman. Thank you for helping me, for helping us, for your time, for coming every Monday and Thursday. And thank you, and God bless you. Thank you. Uh, I would like Binger Kahn, please. Before I give my speech, I will say thank you, God. My name is Benger. I've been here six months ago, and this program has helped me. My first language is English, is French. And if you cannot speak English, you cannot communicate with people in this, this country. I've met people from different countries for whom English is a second language and uh, we all work hard to learn this new language. I enjoy this program because we have good teachers, cheerful teachers, lovely teachers, but the first one who help us to understand everything is Jesus Christ. So I thank God. May God bless us. May God bless everyone here. Amen.
<laughs> and uh, Rosa Rojas, please. God bless you. Uh, today's <laughs> say thank you for the teacher, thank you for the pastor, um, for support the program, and God bless you. Well, isn't this fabulous? Amen. And, um, you know, it's amazing, amazing. And we don't only want to pray for the students that are here, but many of the students have to work on Sunday. It's a big work day. So you'll see a lot of the students could not be here today because a lot of them are working today. And I always say this each and every time, but my grandfather came from Italy, and I'm a third-generation Italian, and uh, I'm thankful that my grandfather was able to come to this great country and he was able to open the door for me to be here today. I would not be here today if it wasn't for the bravery and courage of my grandfather and my grandmother who came to this country and my grandmother received the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior and her Lord. And it completely changed her entire life. And I'm the product today, I'm a pastor because of my Italian grandmother who actually could not uh, really read and write English uh, when she came here. But the Lord helped her to be able to do that. And you know what? It would have been a lot easier for my grandfather, my grandmother, my aunts and uncles if they had a church that opened up their heart to a program like this. And so it's because of your giving, it's because of your vision of what God has has shown you that uh, we can do these kind of things. And we want to applaud you because you are champions. I want to speak to your hearts for a moment and encourage you to never stop growing, never stop learning, and never stop believing that God, that God has you here in this country for a reason. And the hand of the Lord is on your life. And if you trust in God, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, wherever you are, whatever you do, acknowledge that he is God in your life and he will make your path straight. When we come here, we are uncertain of the path that God will take us on in this life. But as you trust in the Lord one step at a time, God will put in your life people like Gladys, and you know, it's, it's no, uh, it's, it, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that Gladys also has an accent, hello? And, but that never stopped Gladys from doing what she is doing here in this country. She could have said, I can't do this, I myself have an accent, and yet she has gone far beyond, you are a champion, and you are modeling to these people. You know, it's one thing to have somebody who was born in America, who has no other accent to do this program. It is much more powerful when we have somebody from Brazil who herself had to come over and do the same thing that you're doing today, and she has excelled to become a leader amongst leaders. Amen? That is powerful. Never forget, as an example of what you can accomplish in your life, if you never 
if you never make or allow something that you think is a handicap to keep you from becoming something great and awesome in your life. America is the melting pot of foreigners. Amen? And this church is the melting pot of 40 plus nations of the world. If you look here and I asked where you guys are all from, they will tell you that they're from different nations around the world. God has brought them here so that we can help them to become a leader so that they can change their world in America and back at home. Amen? Extend your hand towards these precious people as we are going to pray a blessing over their life today. God, we thank you so much that they're here for a purpose and a reason. That Lord Jesus that you have opened the door for them to be in this great country, Lord. Not so that they can just simply make a living, but so that they can make an impact on their world, oh God. So that they can work hard, so that they can bless their children and their grandchildren, and so that their children and their grandchildren, Lord, one day will rise up like I do for my grandfather and call him blessed. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for first and second and third generation whatever. God, we thank you today that you are doing a great work in their life, God. And we pray, God, that they would not simply stop here, but they would grow intellectually, that they would grow emotionally, that they would grow spiritually, and that they would grow relationally. Father, bless them today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give these folks a really big hand today. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. You may have a seat. Thank you so much. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much, Gladys. God bless you. Well, amen. How many of you know that it takes courage to do that kind of work? Amen. And to um, not only help people, but to step out of your, your comfort zone and believe God that God has some great things in store. Now, I want to let you know that Today is graduation day. Every year at this time, we have graduation day. And graduation day for the first service has to do with our ESL program. In the second service, uh, people are going to hear about our school. And I wish we could do it all in one service, but it's almost difficult to do that because of all the different ministries. But in the second service, we're going to be talking about our school that we have here. We have 150 plus students here, and we're, we're actually seeing them become great leaders in their community. We have a K through 12 grade school here, and you might have a child that you would love to come to our school. We would love to have your child at our private school. Our school is frankly Christian, and so they learn about science and math, and they learn about the Bible, and they learn that God has a plan for their life, and we thank God that this Friday night we had a wonderful graduation for many of our students, and we are now sending them into the world, believing that we have equipped them to be leaders in their world. And in the third service, boy, I can't wait to the, the third service, because the third service, we have people that we have helped get their GED. And today we're going to hear from one of the students, the alumni students, who are now attending Valley Forge Christian College, studying for the ministry. And Samuel Corey is so excited to be able to come back and share his story and in the third service, we're going to be having cap and gown, and we're having a processional for those that, that, 
received their GED diploma, and we're so excited that we're able to offer those kind of programs to our church. And so I, I'd encourage you, if you could, to come back to one of the services, go have some breakfast, and come back, especially for the third service. I think you'll be amazed at what God is doing through ordinary people who want to use their talents and their abilities for the glory of God. Now, when we think about graduation, and we want to congratulate all those people that have graduated from something in their life. Graduation is a symbol of advancement. You advance, you graduate, you go from one place to the next place. Graduation is a symbol of completion, that you started something and you finished something. Graduation is also a symbol of a new opportunity, that when you graduate, you now receive another opportunity to do something else. When you graduate from sixth grade, you're able to go into now high school. When you graduate from high school, now you're able to go into college. And when you graduate college, you're able to go into a new opportunity. Well, that's what graduation is all about. It's about a new opportunity. And you know, as we're thinking about this series of messages that I've been preaching on, which is being strong, the strong series about we need to learn how to be strong, I want to talk to you about another character in the Bible. I'm really excited about this week and next week as we talk about two characters in the Bible that have graduated to something else in their life. I want to talk to you about Joshua. Joshua was a person who was on the banks of graduating to something else in their life. Listen to me. I want to tell you, whoever you are, I want to tell you that being a Christian, graduating into what God wants for your life is going to take some strength and it's going to take a lot of courage. Somebody say courage. You see, obeying God and trusting God will require great courage in your life. Being strong and confronting fear in your life. You know, when I think of these precious people here who came from different countries, they came and they overcame their fear because, you know, it's very fearful to go to a new place, not knowing anyone. As my, um, my uncles and my aunts and my grandparents did, they came over here and they didn't know anyone. In fact, my Aunt Gracie was one of the first to come over and they knew no one here. And yet they came and they, and they sought the Lord and they believed God. So in order to be successful in your life, in order to be able to graduate into success, you're going to have to overcome fears in your life. You're going to have to overcome insecurities in your life. You're going to have to overcome hang-ups in your life. You're going to have to be courageous in your life. It will require great courage to obey God and obey your instinct in your heart to, to, to see that there are great opportunities all around you. So I want you to turn with me in your Bible. Now you have new Bibles, every one of you. And I want you to turn in your Bible to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. The book of Joshua, chapter 1. And the Bible says in Joshua, chapter 1, and we'll put it on the screen for you as well, so you can read along if you don't have a Bible. The Bible says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses is aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Verse 3, and I will give you 
every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river of the Euphrates and all the Hittite countries to the great sea on the west. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand up against you in all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will also be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But, verse 6, be strong. Everybody say strong. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of this law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Everybody say strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Everybody say, wherever I go, the Lord is with me. Joshua is about to graduate. Joshua is about to graduate into a new season in his life. He's about to graduate into a new opportunity in his life. But in order for Joshua to be able to step into his destiny, to be, to be able to step into success, he's going to have to be both strong and courageous. And so this morning, I believe that God is saying to all of us in this place, no matter who you are, get ready for a new season in your life. I want you to say, I'm getting ready for a new season in my life. He said, get ready for a new opportunity in your life. But it will require strength and courage. It will require for you to overcome the fear that tries to paralyze you and grip you. And if there's one person in the Bible that we can track and see that he was a person who overcame fear in his life and he was courageous, it was Joshua. I mean, I think about Joshua and I think about instances in the Bible where Joshua displayed great courage. I think of four different places in the Bible. Number one, Joshua in Exodus chapter 17 Joshua displays an incredible amount of courage as he's called to serve his leader. You know the story. The Bible says that the Amalekites come against the Israelites. They're wandering in the desert. And friend, I want you to know, in order for you to, to, to really graduate into new opportunities in your life, you're going to have to face some battles in your life. You're going to have to face fear. You're going to have to face the enemy. You're going to have to face giants in your life. And the Bible says that all the way to the promised land, the Amalekites tried to destroy the Israelites. But the Bible says that Moses went on top of a hill and he began to pray. That's what leaders should do. Leaders should also always pray. And the Bible says that as long as Moses held his hands up, that as Joshua was in the valley battling it out, that the, the Israelites would win. But when Moses, when his hands started to get heavy, the Bible says that the Amalekites began to win. But when his hands were raised, notice 
the, 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 the symbolism of all of that. That when our hands are raised to God, when we're dependent upon God, we can win the battles in our life. When we start to get tired and we start to try to do it on our own, we lose the battles in our life. But here's the courageous part of Joshua. Joshua could have said, hey, I'm second in command. Why do I need to be there in the valley fighting? Why do I got to get my hands full of blood? You choose somebody else. But notice what Joshua did. He was obedient to his leader. And as a result of that, he said, whatever it takes, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to serve my leader as I get my hands bloody in the battle. Listen, it takes courage to trust that God knows when he wants to raise you up to a place of leadership and in the meantime you serve those that are over you in leadership. That takes courage. Somebody say amen. The second time that I notice that Joshua is courageous is found in Exodus chapter 24. Moses is on the mountain and he's meeting with God. You know the story. The Bible says that Moses goes up to the mountain and he spends 40 days and 40 nights in the mountain. And he's hearing from God. God is speaking to Moses. Moses is experiencing the presence and the glory of God. And where is Joshua? Joshua is somewhere halfway up on the mountain, and he's just waiting. He's waiting. I mean, have you ever gone to work one day, and your boss said, listen, wait right here, wait right here, and I'll be back. And don't do anything until I get back. And you're waiting. You're waiting 15 minutes. You're waiting an hour. You're waiting two hours. You're waiting all day long, and you're thinking to yourself, now where is this guy? I have to wait for him. You know, it takes a lot of courage to wait on leadership. It also takes a lot of courage to wait on the Lord. And so Joshua, he could have taken matters into his own hands. He could have said, like Aaron did, you know what? I don't know. Moses said he'll be right back, and now it's been, a one, it's been one day, two days, three days. It's been a week, two weeks, three weeks, 40 days of waiting. And you know what? They didn't have cell phones back then. Moses didn't call Joshua and say, listen, Joshua, I think I'm going to be up here a little bit longer. You need to wait. Joshua was just waiting on the Lord. In fact, he didn't have any direction. The last direction that he got from Moses is just wait. But, but Joshua had the courage to wait. And friends, it takes a lot of courage to wait. It takes a lot of courage to wait when you're in the waiting room of God's purpose for your life. It takes a lot of time to wait on the promise of God. It takes a lot of time to wait on the provision of God. You see, we get afraid and we panic. And what's the first thing you do when you panic? You take matters into your own hands. You say, you know what? I'm going to fix my marriage on my own. I'm going to fix my situation on my own. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to make the money that I need for myself. Instead of saying, you know what? I believe that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle and I'm not going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to wait on God's provision. I'm going to wait on God's timing. I'm going to wait on God's purpose in my life. It takes a lot of courage to say, you know what? I believe God is in control and I'm not taking matters into my own hands. How often we try to take matters into our own hands. How often do we take back what we give to God? God, I'm trusting you with my family. God, I'm trusting you with my children. God, I'm trusting you with my ministry. God, I'm trusting you with my life. 
You see, here's the problem with a living sacrifice. You know, the Bible says that we're to present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. The problem with a living sacrifice is it's still alive. It, it, it so often wants to crawl off the altar. And that's why we have to learn how to die to ourselves and say, you know what, God, I'm just going to trust you on this one, God. I, I want to run. I want to do something. I want to take matters into my own hands. But I'm just going to trust you on this. I'm going to wait. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to wait for you to touch my husband and speak to my husband and save him. Lord, I'm going to wait and I'm going to pray. You see, because waiting doesn't mean you do nothing. It means you wait on the Lord. It means you spend more time waiting on God. It means you pray. It means you seek the face of God. It means you do your best work while you're waiting on the Lord. While you're praying and seeking the face of God. That you're allowing your children maybe to run a little bit, but you know that you've got their back in prayer. Waiting takes courage. The next time I see Joshua is in Exodus chapter 33. And here's a beautiful story about Moses who he takes his tent, the Bible says, and he goes outside of the camp and it's called the tent of meeting. And the Bible says that Moses goes out and he prays every day. And the Bible says the glory of the Lord comes down and, and Moses is speaking to God and God is speaking to Moses as a friend speaks to a friend face to face. And the Bible says that Joshua follows Moses into the tent. And the Bible tells us that when Moses leaves the tent, Joshua stays there. And he doesn't leave the tent because he's desperate for God. Friend, I want you to know it takes courage to get desperate for God. Anyone can be lukewarm. Anyone can be a nominal Christian. Anyone can fit in with the crowd. Anyone can back away from their commitment. But it takes courage for somebody to say, God, I'm going to seek your face. I want revival in my life. I want your spirit to work in my life, God. And I'm going to wait on you, God. Not I'm not going to wait um, doing nothing, but I'm going to wait in prayer. And Lord, I want your presence in my life more than anything else. Listen to me. It takes courage to ask God to give you his presence. Because when his presence comes, you've got to change. When his presence comes, you have to do something with the miraculous, glorious presence of God. You can't say, God, give me your presence, and then you're not going to do anything with the presence of God. Once the presence of God comes, he sends you out. Once the presence of the Holy Spirit comes, he sends you out to be a witness in this world. Once the presence of God comes, you become an ESL director. Once the presence of God comes, you become a teacher, a small group leader, a youth leader. You do something with the presence of God. God doesn't come upon people unless they're willing to do something with his presence. Come on, somebody say amen. It takes courage. Don't ask God to come into your life. Don't ask God to invade your life. Don't ask the Holy Spirit to fill you unless you're willing to use that which he comes and gives you. Come on, somebody say amen. He said, I'm desperate, Lord, to know you. I'm desperate to touch you. I'm desperate to experience your glory and see your hand in my life. I'm desperate for you to heal the sick through my life, to deliver the desperate through my life, to set the captive free. And like Jacob, Joshua said, Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. Wow. I mean, that takes courage to say to God, God, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I mean, I wouldn't want to get into an argument with God. 
But Jacob said to God, God, I'm going to hold on, God. I'm going to hold on to your promises. I'm going to hold on to your presence. I'm going to hold on to your provision. I'm going to hold on to you, God, until you come through and you bless me, Lord God. I will not let go. You know, sometimes God wants to have a fight with us. Now, he loves us with all of, of, of his heart, but he tests us sometimes to see how desperate we are for him. He tests us to see whether or not we're going to chase after him with all of our heart. And sometimes he pushes us away, not because he wants us to be pushed away, but he wants to see how desperate and determined you are to know him, to touch him, and experience him. Somebody help me out today. Am I, am I in a Pentecostal church? Come on, somebody. Come on. See, it takes courage to run hard after God and believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. It takes courage not to leave the tent until God reveals himself to us. It takes courage to be willing to give up the temple for the eternal. Come on, somebody. Joshua was willing to sacrifice the immediate for intimacy with God, the immediate gratification for intimacy with God. For you, it may mean that you have to go through a season of fasting. For you, it may mean that you have to give up something in your life that you're holding on to because that very thing that you're holding on to is going to keep you from the best thing that God has for your life. It takes courage to seek God until the answer comes. And lastly, we find Joshua, and Joshua now is ready to graduate. And the Bible says 40 years prior to when God speaks to him in Joshua chapter 1, he's a young man. Thank God for young men. He's a young man, and God says to the people of Israel, you're going to go in and, and possess the land, and he sends 12 spies in. Ten of the spies come back and say, we can't do this. It's too hard. But Joshua and Caleb, they stand up, and Joshua says this. He says, we can go in and possess the land. He says, the blessing of the Lord is on our life. We must go in and possess the land. But the people turned back. Forty years later, now Joshua's a little older, and maybe perhaps after all of the time that Joshua is wandering in the desert, maybe perhaps Joshua began to think, we're never really going to get in. But God comes again. Aren't you glad that God comes and speaks to you a second time? Sometimes we're not willing to listen the first time, and we have to wander around the desert for a long time until this gabados, testadura, you know what I'm talking about, you know, until God can get through, and the second time, God speaks to Joshua and says, Joshua, you're going to graduate, but it will take courage and strength. And notice what God says to Joshua right off the bat. Are you ready? You got a couple of minutes? I've got a few more minutes left, all right? Notice what he says right off the bat. He says, Joshua, the first thing he says, he doesn't say, you're going to go and possess the land, you're a great mighty man. First thing he says to Joshua, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. How would you like that for encouragement? So-and-so, <laughs> you're going to do great things. No, he didn't say that. The first thing he says to, Mo to Joshua is, Moses, my great servant, is dead. Wow, encouraging words. But you see, I believe that God said that first to Joshua because he didn't want Joshua to live in the past. And he didn't want Joshua to hide under the shadow of a great leader. Come on, somebody. Joshua was not going to be able to get away with it. 
he was not going to be able to give it to somebody else. You know, it's easy when you're the assistant. Come on, I want to be honest with you. Everybody loves the assistant. Come on. The assistant is always the guy who is the good guy. But when you step up to a place of leadership, senior leadership, you know, when I was the assistant, everybody loved me. Now, half people love me, half people hate me. Because you're the guy who has to make the decisions. You're the guy who has to say, this is what we're going to do, whether you like it or not. And some people are just not going to like it. Sometimes the leader's going to have to say, listen, this is where we're going. And if you don't want to go that way, you're going to have to find another people, another camp. You're going to have to because I, this is where God told me to go. You see, you have to be courageous as a leader, right? And so, so God says to Joshua, Joshua, listen to me. Moses, my servant, is dead. You can't live in the past. You've got to live in the future. And it's time to step up to the plate. And it's time for you to be a leader. And friend, I want you to know it takes great courage to live in the future. Courage is not for the past. You don't need courage for the past because the past is the past. If you failed, you failed. If you failed the test, it's over. If something happened, you know, how often are we afraid of the things that might happen in our life? Hmm? But if it already happened, it already happened. You don't need any courage. What you need is comfort at that moment. <laughs> What you need is to celebrate the victory, but you don't need courage. Courage is only for today and tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Courage is for tomorrow. Because God says, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know what's going to happen tomorrow, and you've got to trust me. You've got to have the courage to believe that I've got a plan for your life, that I know where you're going, glory to God, and you're going to make it, and I'm going to finish the work that I began in you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's time to move forward. And I want to tell you something. It's time for you to move forward in your life. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's happening in your life. But some of you are just stuck. You're stuck in the desert. You're stuck in the desert of discouragement. You're stuck in the desert of despair. You're stuck in the desert of confusion. You're just stuck and you're just staying there. And God's saying today is the day you get up and move forward. No more pity parties. No more feeling sorry for yourself because what happened in the past. But it's time to move on into the future because God's got something for you in the future. It doesn't take courage to celebrate. Listen to me. It does not take courage to celebrate yesterday's accomplishments. It doesn't take courage to complain about yesterday. It doesn't even take courage to complain about today. It takes courage to say, I've come a long way. I've come a long way out of Egypt, but there's still a whole lot of space that I need to still take for God. Oh, we, we came a long way, God. We walked all the way from Egypt to the, to the promised land, to the doorstep of the promised land. But friend, you can't get the prize unless you go over the Jordan River. You trust God that he's going to part the sea again, that he's going to part the water again in your life, and that you're going to go over to the other side. And when you get over to the other side, guess what? You're going to confront some enemies in your life again. It doesn't stop. I know some of us, we just wish that it would just stop. But you're not, gonna, you're not going to have total peace in your life until you whisper your last hallelujah. You're always going to have battles in your life. Come on, somebody. Get it in your head. You're going to have battles in your life till the day you die. 
But that's the way that God teaches you to have faith. If you don't have battles in your life, you don't need God. If you don't have battles in your life, you don't need to trust God. So he's going to, you know what? He's going to give you some battles in your life. But he never gives you more than you can handle without also giving you the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, he gives you a whole lot more than you can handle by yourself. But with the Holy Ghost, you could do all things. Glory to God. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Come on, somebody. So it's time to forget the past and to move on. Notice what he tells Joshua next. Listen to what he says. Then he says, and then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. In other words, it takes courage to believe. Listen to me. It takes courage to believe the best is yet to come. It takes courage to believe no matter how old you are, no matter how many mistakes you've made in your life, it takes courage to believe the best is yet to come. And that's what he said to Joshua. He said, Joshua, man, you've seen some great things from Egypt all the way to this place. You've seen my mighty hand. I parted the Red Sea. I've, I've dealt with the Egyptians in your life. But Joshua, get ready because the best is yet to come in your life. And I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, get ready because the best is yet to come in your life. Glory to God. The best is yet to come. Turn to your husband right now and tell him the best is yet to come. In your life oh but I'm older now I'm retired there is no retirement in the kingdom of God you don't retire you refire you just change you were going to this location for 60 years or 50 years or 30 years. Now God's changing your location. He's changing your vocation because the best is yet to come. Oh, that was so good. Oh, glory to God. Oh, I didn't even write that down. That was so good. God is changing your location and your vocation because he wants you to do something great for his kingdom. The best is yet to come. <laughs> God said to Joshua, you ain't seen nothing yet. The Red Sea was awesome. The manna from heaven was awesome. The victories in the wilderness were spectacular. The tabernacle was splendid. But the best is yet to come. And it really does take courage to believe that the best is yet to come in your marriage. Oh, now I'm hitting home. It's getting hot in here. It takes courage to believe that the best is yet to come with your kids. That even as they get older in life, the best is yet to come. You see, because they got to go through their rebellious time. It starts at, like, when they get out of the mother's womb. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then they go through these terrible twos, and then they go through their, their terrible teens, you know, and, 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 and they don't know what they want. And then they become young adults, and they get a car, and they think, I don't need you no more. But somewhere around 25 to 30, they start to realize, you know, mom and dad, they're, they're not so bad. <laughs> you know, I, I'm really, listen to me, I'm really thankful because the truth is, my daughters are at that place right now in their life. You know, there, were time, there was a time when they thought, man, I was like, Where, what planet did you come off of, you know? And now I look on Facebook and my daughter Jenna, she's so encouraging. I, my daughter Jenna has the gift of encouragement. And every once in a while, she just... She texts on Facebook, and she says to me, Daddy, I just want you to know, I'm so proud of you. Jeez. Man, 
Just give me a million dollars because, man, that feels so good right now. It feels like I just got a million dollars. Daddy, you're, you're my hero. Wow. It don't get better than that in life. You know what? I'm ready to die. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, my kid tells you that, you know, coming through their teenage years and coming on the other side and saying, Daddy, you know a few things. That's awesome. That's just, that's just heaven right there. Glory to God and pasta fazul. <laughs> but it takes courage. Hebrews 11, chapter 1 says, Now faith is being sure of the things that we hope for. Hope for. If you're hoping for it, then you're believing something's, something good is coming down the line. You see, if you're not hoping for it, it means you either got it or you're discouraged so much that you don't believe you're going to get it. But you see, faith is being certain, being sure of the things that you hope for. The best is yet to come. I want you to proclaim that. I want you to live that. In fact, I want you to write it somewhere, a place that you often go. If you're vain, write it on a mirror. If you're hungry, write it on your refrigerator. Glory to God. But wherever, just write it in big letters. The best is yet to come in my life. Glory to God. And get up in the morning and believe that with all your heart because you live by faith. You walk by faith. Glory to God. And you are what you think about. So you better think good things in your life and you better believe the best is yet to come in your life. Glory to God. Then God says to Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey everything that I told you. It takes courage to fully obey the Lord. It, it really takes a lot of courage to obey God these days. People are abandoning their faith. Churches are abandoning their mission, their core values, because today we have a world that has gone completely mad, and people are walking away from biblical truths because they're afraid of what the world is going to think and say about them. And it takes a whole lot of courage to simply stand firm and obey the Lord, believe in the word of God, and believe this is the word of God. Even if the whole world says it's different, I will say it's God's word and I will live by it and obey it. It, it, it takes such courage to obey the Lord. It's so easy to kind of, you know, cut corners and take shortcuts in your life. But really obeying the Lord takes courage. He said, have I commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Now listen to me. The reason why I believe each and every one of us need to have courage in our life is because God has a new season in your life. And how is it that Joshua is courageous? We find that Joshua is courageous and we find illustrations and examples about that. Then we, we find that God is commanding Joshua to take the place of leadership to do something that he never did in his life. And how is Joshua able to do that? I find that the secret of Joshua's ability to be courageous is in two sentences. Notice what God says to Joshua. Notice verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your feet as I promised Moses. Listen to me. Our courage is always based on God's promises that he made to us and our ability to hold on to the promises of God and say no matter what, every promise that's in the word of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. It's about believing the promises of God in our life. It's about believing that God has a new opportunity, that, that, that I have a need and there's a challenge in my life 
In other words, God told Joshua to be strong and to be courageous because he was going to fulfill the promise he made to Joshua. Turn to the next slide for me, if you will, because I want you to look at this, and I want you to say this with me. I am going to believe in God's promises. Say that with me. I am going to believe in God's promises. You see, our courage comes from knowing that if God made a promise, he will be able and willing to keep his promise. You know, Peter says his divine power has given us everything that we need through his precious promises. What promises? Promises of provision. Promises of protection. Promises of power. Promises of purpose in our life. Promises of God's presence. Promises of God's peace. Promises of God's faithfulness, of God's abundant grace, of God's absolute love for you and I, of God's healing and deliverance, of God's mercy, of God's forgiveness, of God's blessing in our life, of God's ultimate purpose as we are victorious through the difficult times in our life, as we see the riches of his reign in our life and his glory, his eternal kingdom has been promised to us. And the Bible says all the promises of God become yes in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody, say amen. amen. And so there's so many people, I believe, there's so many Christians that live in fear because, listen to me, they're promise poor. They live in promise poverty. They either don't know the promises of God or they don't believe in the promises of God. That's why it's so critical, as God said to Joshua, Read, meditate on all of the law of God. Then you will be successful. Why? Because that's why you have to get into the word. Ladies and gentlemen, we gave you a Bible for a reason. We gave you a Bible today because as you read the Bible, as you study the Bible, my grandmother could not read English. She could not even read. She didn't graduate from, you know, more than like fourth grade. And she really had a hard time, but she read the Bible. God gave her supernaturally the ability to read the Bible. And my grandmother was successful because she believed in the promises of God. She would remind us of all of the promises of God. I love what it says about Abraham. God says to Abraham, you need to have a lot of courage because I'm going to send you to a new place. And what does God remind Abraham? I'm faithful. And the Bible says that Abraham did not waver in unbelief, but he was, listen to me, convinced that God was able to keep those things that he promised to Abraham. Wow. That's what it says. It says that Abraham did not waver in unbelief because he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. Listen to me. We serve with courage. We obey God's word wholeheartedly. We abandon our fear because God's promises are based on God's character. God is trustworthy. God is truthful. God is faithful. God is immutable. He doesn't change. God is the God of love, and he loves us with an everlasting love. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent, and God is omnipotent. And so because we know the character of God, we know that when God makes a promise he's able to deliver on the promise come on when some people make me a promise listen to me when some people make me a promise I want you to know I have very little faith that they're gonna come through because they're weird because the truth is I know that I know that they don't have the resources to come through 
I know that I know that their character isn't good character. They don't have good integrity. So when they make me a promise, I know they're going to break the promise. But I want you to know that God is the God of great integrity, great character. And all through history, we have seen that when God says something, it's going to get done. Why? Because he's a God of great character and great integrity. Come on. God will come through on the promise that he made you. Glory to God. I love that. And secondly, God says, you can know that I'm going to come through and you're going to be successful. Because listen what he says. He says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. I'm coming. I'm going to close in a second. So worship team, come on up right now. As I was with Moses, I love that. So I will also be with you. Joshua, all you need to do is look at the record. All you need to do is remember the times when I spoke to Moses face to face like a friend. All you need to see and remember in your mind is my glory coming down and speaking to Moses. You watched me be intimately acquainted with Moses. Guess what, Joshua? You're graduating to a new place in God. And friend, I want to tell you something. Some of you in this room this morning... You're graduating into a new intimacy with God. You say, man, I love the way I see so-and-so get into the presence of God and know God. God's saying to you, the same way I am with pastor so-and-so and sister and brother so-and-so, I want to be with you. I want to be intimate. And you don't have to have fear. You know why? Because God promises you that wherever you go, no matter what you encounter in your life, the God of grace, the God of mercy, the God of glory, the God of power and wisdom and peace and majesty and unbelievable love, the king of glory, the creator of the universe is with us. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he never faints, nor does he become weary. God cannot ever take a job that he cannot handle. God doesn't take a job on that he cannot handle. And the Lord your God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arms. There is nothing too hard for you. God, listen to me, cannot be unholy. And one cried to one another and said, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with the glory of the Lord. God, listen to me, cannot break a promise my covenant he said I will never break with you nor alter the word that has gone out from my lips the Bible says God cannot remember the sins that you asked him to forgive you as far as the east is from the west so have I removed your sins never to remember it again God cannot make losers I said God cannot make losers what he creates what he makes is divine, it is beautiful, it is glorious. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph. God, listen to me, cannot abandon you. He said, be strong and be of good courage. Do not fear. Don't be afraid of what you have to encounter because the Lord your God promises you that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. I love this. God cannot stop thinking about you. I said, God cannot stop thinking about you what's on God's mind right now 
I want you to know what's on God's mind. It's not breakfast. It's not lunch. It's not all the problems of this world. God has you fixed on his mind right now. You're the apple of his eye, and he has indelibly imprinted you on his hands, and he's thinking about you every day. As David said, how vast are the sum of the thoughts that God has for me and for you. Come on, somebody else. I want you to stand to your feet right now, and I want you to praise the Lord and say, thank you, God, that you can't stop thinking about me. That you can't stop thinking about me. Glory to God. Now listen to me. And this is the last thing that God cannot do. Are you ready? God, listen to me. God cannot stop loving you. God cannot stop loving you. Did you know that God is wildly, madly in love with you? And the Bible says nothing will be able to separate me from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. God is madly in love with you. God is madly in love with you. God is madly in love with you. God is madly in love with all of you. God is madly, well, I don't know, he has a hard time with you. No, no, I'm just kidding. God is in love with us today. So I want you to bow your heads for a moment. I want to pray a prayer, a blessing over your life today. For some of you, it's time to graduate. You've been in elementary school too long. Some of you have been in high school a little too long. Time for you to graduate. It's time to say, God, the best is yet to come. So if you believe that in your heart today, you say, you know what? I believe the best is yet to come in my life. God, I'm going to proclaim and I'm going to confess the best is yet to come. I want you right now to step out of your seat and come up right here and say, God, I'm making a proclamation. The best is yet to come in my life. And I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to proclaim it. The best is yet to come in my life. Come on, get out of your seat and say, God, the best is yet to come in my life. The best is yet to come in my family. The best is yet to come in my marriage. The best is yet to come in my ministry. The best is yet to come in my church. The best is yet to come in my emotion. The best is yet to come in everything in my life. There's God, he keeps a promise. And I'm not going to look behind me. I'm not going to look in the rearview mirror, glory to God. I'm looking straight ahead and I'm believing the best is yet to come in my children's life. Come on, get out of your seat and gather around here and raise your hand towards heaven and say, thank you, Lord, that the best Yet to come, hallelujah, glory to God. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. For your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love, your love.
today, Lord God, that when we stepped out of our seat today and we made our way up to this altar today, we made a declaration. We confessed with our feet and now we're going to confess with our mouth the best is yet to come. And Lord, we are not going to allow the devil to steal our blessing. We're not turning around, Lord. Lord, we are not turning around. We're not going back into the desert again, Lord God. Lord, we're not going to cower, God, in the face of graduation, God. Lord, I realize that there's a great big Jordan River in, in between us and the promised land. God. We're stepping into the river, God, today. We're stepping into the river of your provision, God. We're stepping into the river of your promised land, promises, Lord. God, we thank you for your presence here today, God. Can you just, can you raise your hands one more time and just say thank you for your presence, God. But you're never going to leave me, Lord. And you're never going to forsake me, God. Lord, even when it gets tough, Lord, even, God, when I have to go through things that I don't understand, God, even when it's painful, Lord, God, even when it's really, really hot in the fire, you never leave me, Lord, and you never forsake me, Lord, God. I want you to bow your heads right now. Everybody in this room, nobody, nobody looking around and nobody walking around right now. This is a sacred moment right now, at this very moment. I need the altar workers to get ready. You say to me, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I don't know for sure, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that, that if I died right now, I would go to heaven. Friends, the first thing you need to take care of is your eternal destiny. You say to me, Pastor Steve, I, I want to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins, to come into my life and be my Savior and my Lord. I want you to raise your hand right now. I want you to raise your hand right now. Say, 
Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. I need to see them as high as I can. Amen. 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 I see those hands all over the place. Yes, in the back, in the back. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. We have some folks that want to give you a gift and they want to pray for you so that you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if you died, you'd go to heaven. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do because there's a lot of people at the altar today and it will be very confusing. I want, I want you to look at me for a moment. Look at me for a moment. The altar workers are going to be standing right here. And if you raise your hand, they want to give you something. And they can't do that unless you go to them. Now listen, you could have raised your hand because you're emotional. That's not going to get you anywhere. You have to, you have to make a move towards God. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. In a moment, we're going to pray a corporate prayer. We're going to pray a prayer of blessing. We're going to pray a, a Joshua prayer. A prayer of being strong and courageous, believing that God's presence and God's promises will come to fruition in our life. And once we finish, I'm going to dismiss. If you raised your hand, young or old, I want you to make your way out of your seat. Instead of going that way, I want you to come right up here, and an altar worker will give you an altar worker packet. And in that packet, they're going to ask you to read something this week. Listen, nothing happens without work. These folks right here, you worked hard this semester, and it paid off, right? Tu hablo inglés now, right? Very good, right? Awesome. So you got to take a step towards God, and this is your first step towards God. Now, I want to I tell you this as well. In, in three weeks, in two and a half weeks, on Wednesday night, I'm going to start an intense class. It's called Foundations Class. And if you need a foundation in your life, if you don't know how to read the Bible, if you don't understand who the Holy Spirit is, if you don't understand what it means to have eternal life or you're not sure, I'm going to want to pour into your life for 10 weeks. I'm the senior pastor of this church. And all I really want to do is pour into new believers first and then leaders. And so I want to pour into your life. So I want to... I want you to sign up in your bulletin right on the back. There's a little tear out. It says foundations class. Sign up and bring it to the people in the back at the table so that they can prepare for you to be in foundations class. But the first step is for you to come and give your life to Christ. How many of you are ready to pray a Joshua prayer? Let me see your hands. A Joshua prayer. A prayer of faith and commitment. I want you to raise your hand one more time and let's pray a Joshua prayer. Are you ready? Dear God, thank you that you have already put in me a courageous spirit because I have the Holy Spirit. Today, Lord, help me, strengthen me to believe with all my heart the best is yet to come. I will live with that understanding every day with great faith I will anticipate great things in my life. I proclaim your promises are yes in Christ over my life. I am blessed. My family's blessed. My home is blessed. And I am blessed to be a blessing. And I thank you no matter where I go. 
no matter what happens in my life, you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. You're loved.